All right. We are really excited to welcome Tanner McGrath from the Action Network. Uh, excited to have another Action guest. As you guys know, we've had Brett McMurphy in the past. Uh, love Action Network. So excited to have Tanner on. Tanner call, or covers college hoops for Action. Uh, so if you don't have the Action app, definitely downloaded it it's the, the best of the best for sports betting insight uh and just i mean it's march so really excited uh i say we uh dive right into this bracket um get right into things here so tanner let's start uh out west just what anything like to me this bracket or this part of the bracket seems the toughest to predict i mean i see like five, six teams that could potentially be Final Four-type teams. So this one was tough for me. Uh, what matchups do you like here? Uh, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited to join you all. Um, definitely download the Action app, and it is the best week of the year. This is it. 100%. Um, all right. Yeah. Um, the West region's tough probably because Gonzaga is going to roll. Probably. I think the Zags roll. Um but if you're looking at individual matchups, um, specifically in the first round when it comes to spreads or um, what you're trying to bet here, because that's my forte. Guys, I, I spent my childhood in a small, quaint village called Manchester in the southwest corner of the lovely state of Vermont. I have followed the Vermont Catamounts for decades. And this is the best team that I've seen. Even though I'm no the world's way. biggest fan... I can say that unbiasedly. It reminds me a lot of that Tom Breddett led 04 team that upset Syracuse in the first round, except Ryan Davis, who's the two time American East player of the year, can stretch the floor better than Taylor Coppenrath ever could. And the cat, as a result, the Cats outrun and they can outgun any team in the country. Top team in the country in half court points per possession, South Dakota State. The second best, Vermont. Top team in the country in post up points per possession, Iowa. Second best, Vermont. Top team in the country in two-point percentage, Belmont. The second best, Gonzaga. But the third best is Vermont. And they shoot 37% from three. Um, that team, they John Becker, he spreads the floor. It's basically like a five-out offense. Um, and from there, they just they throw the playbook at you. Pick and rolls, pick and pops, baseline drives, drives and kicks, isolation off the dribble threes. It does not matter. The shot goes in. In conference play, they shot 61% from inside the arc and 41% from outside, which is – it's impossible. As I mentioned, it starts with Ryan Davis. Um, he plays the center down low. Um, everything kind of orbits around him. Not only does he score 1.25 points per session spot situations, he shoots 43% from three. Like, what? Ben Shungu is the lead guard. He's the captain of the team. He was also the America East, most outstanding, America East Tournament Most Outstanding Player. He actually went to high school at Rice Memorial High School, which is a five-minute drive from Burlington. He's been playing basketball in Burlington for 10 years, and he walked on to the UVM team, was not a scholarship player. And he just scrapped his way to the top of the roster. And now, I mean, he runs every set. He's top five percentile, top five percentile in pick and roll, uh, top 15 in handoff and off-screen sets, top 3% in spot-up situations, shoots 43% from three, and is silky smooth finishing with both hands. He just has everything in his bag. He has this dribble penetration to the left, like step line, step back baseline jumper. That's butter. goes in every time. But back to the point. Sorry, I love Vermont basketball. Um, this is a great matchup against Arkansas. The Hogs got really hot down the stretch, obviously. I mean, they 
underneath Musselman, they have every year, right? They win eight of their last nine games. I think that overvalues them a bit in the market. If you're looking at this right now at points bet, well, it opened up at six and a half. I grabbed it on the opener at plus six and a half Vermont and I grabbed plus two twenty on the money line. It's down to plus five. Ken Palm makes the spread plus four. And the hogs, they're not great against post upper cutters on defense. They want to push the ball in transition, but Vermont is uh, second nationally in transition points per possession allowed. The hogs don't have a huge size advantage. Note is their only offensive threat while the whole catamount roster is an offensive threat. If you're looking at the West region, this is my best bet. I've already hammered the money line. I've already taken the six and a half. I bet it down to four. I, I don't care. Cats by cats. I'm fired up. I'm yeah. fired up. Real yeah. quick. I got to ask, does Duncan DeMuth not get any run over there? What's going on? Sorry? Is he still there? Duncan DeMuth? Uh, he played um, at Oklahoma State for like a year and was legit. No offense to Duncan. Daddy's going to hear this. He was the worst basketball player I've ever seen in major <laughs> Division One college basketball program. Um, no, he's not on this roster. Um, you're not talking about Rob. He might have left. You're talking about no, Duncan no, Duke. legitimately. Yeah, this kid must have left. He was that bad. Like, it, he I, said, Duncan doesn't sound playing. like a real person. I legitimately, they got him over Florida State, and I was like, oh, four star wing player. He's like six eight, six nine, can handle a little bit. I was like, this guy's gonna be good. He got to OSU, just the most uncoordinated athlete I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Couldn't shoot a lick. Uh, I think he played a total of like 25 minutes this freshman year. Yeah, he's not on this roster. Um, the roster fills out. It, I'll, I won't, I'll stop talking about Vermont in a second, but the roster fills out. Isaiah Powell is the backup big man, leads the team in rebounds. Finn Sullivan, Huckleberry Finn Sullivan, turned into a spot up, like lights out from three. And Justin Missoula is just the glue guy, leads the league in turnovers, um, shoots 59% from two. This team, I think they make a sweet 16 run this year. It, so you you would feel comfortable. You'd like bet that I imagine that number could get down to three and a half even. I mean, I don't think it's it. It opened it like I said. It opened six and a half. It got pushed immediately to five, but we're starting to get a bit of buyback. Like uh, points bet right now has it at five and a half, which is why I said you can get it there. Um, I yeah, I think it sticks in that five and a half to five range, but I love it there anyways. Um, and I mean, other picks in this region, and go ahead and fire any questions after that. I like Davidson plus one and a half against Sparty. I think Sparty's been under, overvalued all year. To turn over the ball like crazy. Um, and then either Rutgers or Notre Dame, they play playing game tomorrow against a spread and straight up over Alabama. Alabama's super high variance. Yeah. They shoot tons of threes, but they can't defend. They're 12 and 12 since the Gonzaga win and the defense is just completely flailed. That that Alabama team, you never know what you're gonna get. I mean what I mean, they, they beat Gonzaga. They beat Gonzaga, they beat Houston. They I mean they've got some horrible losses. And it's just they're just a high-variance team with a bad defense. And so when the threes are rolling, you know, if they run the floor and they hit all their threes, they can beat anyone. But when those threes aren't falling, they will get blown off the floor. And I think – And they take so many of them too. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, Rutgers or Notre Dame can easily beat that team, honestly. I Notre Dame probably shouldn't be there, but they could take down Alabama. Yeah, out, out of the West, I mean, now, what do you – Looking more down the road, uh, or actually, no, sorry, I'm just I'm thinking here out loud. Memphis, Boise State, that was one I highlighted here. That one, 
I don't know what to expect. Do you have any thoughts there? Um, Memphis opened at a, at like minus one, minus one and a half. They got pushed up to minus two and a half. Um, pretty much right away. Memphis, um, obviously I think they were a top 10 team preseason, right? Yep. They have too many players for Penny Hardaway. And as he was trying to play all of them, you know, specifically Amani Bates, that's the big storyline. Right. And he was, as soon as they took him out of the starting lineup, Memphis took off. But really, I think the story is more that once Penny shortened that lineup a bit and started playing his best players more and had more of a traditional seven to eight man lineup, the team started winning games, you know, and they had some huge wins down the stretch. I think um, Houston, I think they took down once. They took they down swept SMU, Houston. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they managed to squeak in. They've been super efficient in the second half of the season. And I do like them to take down Boise. I, I, Boise's consistent, but I think they're a little overvalued after they came out of the Mountain West as the top. Um, they won the Mountain West regular season title. I think I like Memphis to win and cover in that game, but it doesn't really matter because I think they get blown out by Gonzaga in the next round anyways. Yep. Yeah, that's sacrificial lamb. Any – would you – any sleeper besides Vermont? I mean, I, obviously that's your – any other low seeds in that region um, that you could see Davidson. make it in the second weekend? I like Davidson mostly because, um, like I said, I like them against Michigan State, right? But mm-hmm. the big game will be Duke in the second round. And I think Duke is the most overvalued team in college basketball. I mean, they – Obviously, they dominated the ACC, but the ACC was trash this year. And Duke, they didn't really blow out any teams. They didn't impress me in any specific games. They let a lot of teams hang around. Um, You know, Virginia Tech to the end, and then Virginia Tech took away the ACC title from them. And they just they shouldn't be a two-seed. I mean, Tennessee should have gotten that spot the entire time. The Davidson offense is, is electric. I mean, you cannot stop Davidson. They have four guys that average double digits all with a true shooting over like 63%. Starts with high on Jug Lee, obviously, who is probably the smoothest shooter in college ball right now. And he plays off the ball so well. So Davidson, if they get hot from three, they could d- definitely take down Duke. Texas tech would be rough, but a sweet 16 run from Davidson is not out of the question at all. All right. Clint, Zach, any other thoughts on the, on the West before, or. Yeah, I think, like coach K losing to Cal state Fullerton um, would be awesome. Don't give me like him losing to Davidson as well, though. I mean, losing to anybody would be just incredible, but a first, losing, yeah. First week at exit. How many of those Davidson kids do you think dreamt of like playing at Duke their entire lives? And they just go <laughs> kick coach K's ass and, and make him fly all the way back across the country um in his last game ever i do not like coach k i don't know what your thoughts on him you don't have to get into it if you don't want to i don't like him so if they lose uh thursday or friday whenever they play that's that's fine with me i just think that whoever beats duke is going to get celebrated nationally i mean i want i wanted duke to drop to the four and match up with vermont and then i wanted my cats to roll and then i would have just gone i would have been insufferable on twitter for like a year um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, you know, I'll take Davidson over them too. Hey, no, no, they'll meet in the final four. Duke for Oh yeah. Yeah. That's four. the plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do. I do want to say you talked about the ACC. It was definitely a down year, but 
um, and this can kind of lead us into the next region, uh, North Carolina kind of impressed me late in the year. I don't know if I'm the only one that thought that. Uh, Hubert Davis kind of cut back the rotation a little bit, especially just citing that Duke game. He didn't take out a single player in the second half. It was the starting five. Um, I don't know. I, I actually have them beating Baylor. I don't know what your thoughts on North Carolina are. I, I think they're very talented, obviously, skill-wise. Those are all pretty high-star recruits. So um, I actually I think they can make the Sweet 16 this year. The roster is obviously great. The roster has always been great, right? Um, right. Uh, yeah, I think probably I think Davis probably had some growing pains in the beginning of the year. Um, the biggest problem was that they didn't record a quad one win until that Virginia Tech game in mid February, and or mid excuse me late January, um, and that kind of kept them out of the conversation of the at large bid. And then they went on that roll, right? They took down Syracuse, Duke, Virginia, back to back to back. If Armando Baycott is probably the best player in the ACC. I mean, outside of anyone yeah. Duke. Um, I think if, if Brady Manick could get hot, that front court could beat anyone. But guard play is so important in March. And, like, what are you going to get out of Caleb Love? Um, what are you going to get out of Leaky Black? I, I can't say Leaky I, Black's I defense is elite, though. When he determines he wants to – when he says in his mind, hey, I'm going to go out and guard my ass off for 40 minutes, 35 minutes – He's one of the best on-ball defenders in the country. Yeah, I agree. I just i I feel like I can't really get a read on North Carolina. I mean, i I think they probably take down Marquette, um, just because Marquette's been flailing in the second half of the season. Um, they're laying over three in that game, which is interesting. Um, but yeah. I also think they're maybe a trendy pick, so maybe they're getting a lot of the, like the public side is on them. I I can't beat them. To, I can't take them to beat Baylor, but I'm not going to blame you if you take them to beat Baylor. Yeah. So I guess uh, what's your, give us your, who you think's coming out of this region and then also your best bet. And then maybe a sleeper too. The East is really tough for me. I can't really figure out the East. Um, I would say my, t- I have two big takes about the East region. The first is fade Purdue. The, they're going to be an overvalued Big Ten team. The Boilermakers cannot guard a ball screen. They cannot guard a pick and roll, a off a you know backside back screen. Nothing. You know, you just run that set over and over, and Matt Painter is just not going to have any answers. And any team in this region can do that. For, I I think Virginia Tech takes them down in the second round if they get past Texas. Kentucky would roll Purdue. Yale, I think Yale stays inside the 16 points against Purdue. You can just – this team, it, the defense is just so weak. Um, I think they're bottom – or they're not top 150 in Ken Palm uh, defensive efficiency. So it is it has been bad all year. It's I think they're just outside of the – they're 99th right now. But oh, look at that. Like in, they're bad. They're 346th in defensive turnover rate. They're 335th in non-steal turnover rate. They don't pressure the ball. and like in that in that um, Michigan State game, friggin' um, Michigan State had a twenty to ten assisted turn- turnover ratio. They just run those sets over and over, and Matt Pater has no answer. So I just I hate Purdue. I love any number with any team against them, and that actually takes me into my second point: is that I really, if you're looking for a sleeper out of this one, it's Virginia Tech, who just won four games in four days. the The Hokies are well coached. 
and they're really analytically sound. They have a great inside outside duo with um, Kive Luma on the interior, who I think is an underrated big man. And the shooters, they have five players on the roster shooting over 36% from deep. They're the third best three point shooting team in the country. And you've got, you know, like I said, guard play is so important in March. I love Storm Murphy. He's a totally different player than he was at Wofford. He's just attacking now. He's hit huge shots down the stretch. And yeah, that's that's basically my two my two main points in the East: Spade Purdue and back Virginia Tech. Yeah, I I can't get a read for this this Virginia Tech Texas game. I I'm with you on Virginia Tech. Mike Young, I mean, he what he did in March at Wofford, what he's already doing at Virginia Tech. I wouldn't want to fade him, especially the way they're playing. Uh, Texas, they've got they're so athletic though they they look the part. They're so long in the front court, but that game, it's just the analytics love Texas too. Not as heavy as a team we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But Texas, just watching them night in night out in the Big Twelve, it just they never could quite put together like a total performance, right? So maybe that changes. I mean, but when they do, though, I mean, it's yeah. Chris Beard's really good in the tournament too, so maybe he's he's got it figured out now. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's some there's some mismatches there. I think probably. I, the thing about Texas for me is that the defense has been good, right? The offense just has to run through Timmy Allen. Just give the ball to Timmy Allen every time. Let him take all the shots. Don't get caught, too caught up in Marcus Carr, who was fine, but definitely took a step back after those monster years in Minnesota. Um, I just I, – I like Virginia Tech in that game. I mean, the spread's pretty short, so I probably won't bet it. But if I get Virginia Tech – in the second round against Purdue, it's Hammer City. Yeah. Thoughts? One more I want to run by here. Murray State, San Francisco. This is the game that's been giving every gambler in the country fits, I feel like. Because, yep. well, both both teams are great. San Francisco, the, the backcourt is what could lead them on a run. The Dons, I mean, with, between Khalil Shabazz and uh, Jabari Boye, those guys are, they're just so fun to watch. I mean, Jamari Boye, I could watch that guy play basketball from here until the end of eternity. Eileen Murray State, though, I think the Racers, they've just been so, so dominant this year. And they're really good, surprisingly, on the interior. They, let's see. Yeah, they ended up top 50 in two point percentage this year. Um, they got blocked and stolen at like one of the lowest rates. Um, and they crashed the offensive boards really, really hard. So, yeah, it's a tough game. I, I probably won't bet it, but I do lead my state. Yeah, I'm, I'm not touching that one, but no idea what to expect. All right, South region. Uh, I feel about the South region, I feel like how you did about the East. I don't really have a, a pulse on this one. I think for me per- personally, it's, I just really don't know how to feel about Arizona compared to maybe some of the other ones. It's probably just because, you know, they have a first-year coach uh, with Baylor, with Gonzaga, with Kansas. Um, You're dealing with guys that have had a lot of success in March. So I think maybe if there's a region with um, a potential uh, early exit from from the top seed, I see this region uh, as a possibility. Uh, But that's just – my thoughts. Uh, what, what do you think on this region? 
Well, the thing about Arizona is that what are you going to get with uh, with Kirkrease out? You know, how do they respond? Um, I forget who comes in as the next kind of point guard. I mean, Matherin probably handles the ball more. And what they did in the Pac-12 tournament was they responded pretty strongly. I mean, I know he, he went out against – he went out in the Colorado game, I think, or was it the Stanford game? I don't remember. He went out in – that's right. He went out late in the Stanford game, and they responded pretty strongly, you know, with a 10-point win over Colorado and an 8-point win over UCLA. You say that Tommy Lloyd is a first-year head coach, but do not underestimate this guy. I mean, he was um, – he was an assistant underneath Mark Few for what, 18 years. And he's literally turned right. the, the Wildcats into Gonzaga. I mean, they're the same team. They run at a super high tempo. They dominate in the interior, both. Uh, they're like top five, both in two point shooting and two point defense. They're long, they're lengthy, they rebound. I still think Arizona comes out of this region somehow, some way. Um, you know, like, I don't know, look at the, these other teams. Um, Houston without Mark and Saster, like what's he going to do? Illinois, I mean, maybe. Um, Tennessee, Rick Barnes is 1-12 in 12 against the spread in his last 13 tournament games. I'm writing Villanova, that one down. Yeah, do. Um, great stat. I mean, if there's, if there's two teams that are going to take down Arizona, I'd say it's either Vanilla, Villanova, excuse me, or Loyola Chicago, honestly. So – Loyola Chicago would probably be my sleeper. Um, and I also liked them a lot in the first round against Ohio state took a lot of step forward in, um, in the offensive department this season, they shoot the lights out and the defense really responded. Well, it trended down all season until the uh, arch madness tournament. And then they allowed 50 points per game in the three games to their three top appointment um, opponents in the conference. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for someone to take down the wildcats, I would look there and I would hope that they flail in the backcourt without Creesa. The thing about Houston that trips me up is they're I, without it being in front of me, Ken Palm has them relatively high and they've been relatively high all year, even without Marcus Sasser. So I guess I kind of point to that being the conference they play in. Like they're getting to play like a three, like a three and nine or 19 Tulsa, you know what I mean? Just really bad teams, but They've not beaten anyone. No, Houston, I mean, I don't get – I mean, I'm surprised how much the metrics – or that the metrics like Houston as much as they do because who – I mean, who have they, who have they beaten? They lost they just, Wisconsin. They've, they've beaten SMU once. They beat Memphis once out of the three tries. Who, like, this is actually good that you guys brought this up because if you are looking for a first-round best bet in the – south it's uab plus eight and a half mm-hmm. houston yeah you're right they're overvalued in all the metric system they finished third in the net despite finishing zero and four in quad one wins public's going to be on them after last season's final four run but they're due for a lot of negative shooting regression behind the arc they allow a lot of three pointers yet they're top 10 nationally in three-point defense like that number is going to go up as it goes on also, without Sasser, I think that Houston's ball handling will crack against like that tough UAB defense that's frisky. They like to pressure the ball a lot. And um, Jordan Jelly Walker, instant off. That's awesome. He's going to slice yeah. and dice Houston. He's scoring 28, what a, what? 28 points per game. Jordan Jelly Walker. Let's go. Jordan Jelly Walker. 
UAB went three and zero against the spread as an underdog this year, and um, since two thousand one, twelve seeds are forty five, thirty three, and two against the spread since adverse number five seeds fifty seven and a half percent. Isn't Andy Kennedy the coach at UAB? The old Ole Miss head coach? Yes. I think so. And he's been there a couple of different I think yes. he's been there at least five years too. This is this is his third season, second or third season. Okay. Yeah. I lied. Wrong yeah. game. Um but yeah, no, it's it's I don't know. I don't know if you can really call UAB a sleeper, but I absolutely love that line. Plus eight the, and a half points against the, Houston in the first round. Yes, I yeah. The team to that. watch is my – so Oklahoma State was was banned from the postseason for whatever ludicrous reason. So I adopted a team like February 1, and I picked the Chattanooga Mocs because I've seen about um, DJB, as I call him, Malachi Smith, Silvio D'Souza, former KU legend. They're good. I don't know if they can beat Illinois just because Kofi, even against a, a big like Silvio that's played in Power 5 basketball against a guy like that, that still might just be too much to overcome. I definitely will be betting Chattanooga. I think they're catching seven against Illinois. That's here's a lot. my here's my problem with um, with the mocks, at least in this round. Look, Malachi Smith is incredible, and obviously good guard play plays well in March. The Illinois backcourt is maybe the best defensive backcourt in the nation. Trent Frazier is locked down. Alfonso Plummer is lengthy. Curbelo is a as a mess, but between Plummer and Frazier, those guys can lock down anyone. And it's just going to be, I think it's going to be hard. I think they might put, um, I think they put my, might put Malachi just in jail. Yeah. Still going to bet the mocks. I'm going to take the points there, but I, I would be surprised if they got past Illinois. All right. Let's uh, Midwest region. Kansas, the one seed here. Uh, where do you see some potential value? Uh, any sleepers here? Uh, any bets you're already locked in on? Well, let's go with the um, wildest, most entertaining gambling line of the first round, and that is South Dakota State plus two at Providence. Oh, it's... Um, this is... Um, Believe it or not, the Jackrabbits are the shortest underdog of any number 13 seed in tournament history at two points. We talked about Vermont earlier, right? The Jackrabbits' offense is more so electric. They shot 44.5% from three, led the country in effective field goal percentage. They never turned the ball over. Providence, on the other hand, is has been fading Providence for the entire year. They lead the nation in Ken Palm's luck metric. They're projected for the most amount of negative regression per shot quality. They also gave up the fourth most open threes in Big East play, which is going to – that's a death sentence against the Jackrabbits. Now, I've, I bet this right on the opener at two and a half, but the whole world is starting to come on, on South Dakota State, and I'm scared Providence is just going to come out and gut out like another gritty three See, Yeah, I when, know. I, when I, does the luck run out, though? But you know? that's what I'm saying, but they keep squeaking out these like three, fives. I mean, like – don't they lead the country in most single-digit wins, like by a long shot, too? I th- yeah, I think they went like, like a, I can't give you the exact number, but they might have had like ten. Five, and I think there five is like wins. <laughs> you do have to put some stock into like 
these guys know how to close. Like whether it's luck or not, they they know how to win the close ones. So there's there's two sides to the coin. Like, oh yeah, they're getting lucky. They've squeaked all these out. But at the same time, hey, they've squeaked all these out. Yes, and you are right. But when I when I'm handicapping the entire board, I just I gotta that's stuff that I fade. That's stuff that I auto yeah, fade. Yeah, right? yeah, like every yeah, time I see that for any team in the country. And hey, great for Providence. I mean, Ed Cooley as like a road dog is one of the most money bets in all of sports. Um, and I've been on Providence for years, but yeah, I mean, they're just overvalued. They just, that's it. I think at least I just, <laughs> that loss against Creighton was ugly. That was an ugly, yeah. ugly gross loss. Yeah. I felt like all the aggression that we've been waiting for all year, finally hit it once. And I'm, I'm just going to bet the Jackrabbits and keep going. Providence fader is anonymous. I wish I I wish I hopped on this one when I opened it two and a half, but I think you can still get it at two. Yeah, I was I saw I I uh, went to that uh, Oral Roberts South Dakota State game uh, a few weeks ago because uh, ORU is here in Tulsa, and South Dakota State is electric to watch. They're they had a- Apple or Apple. I don't know. Uh, come off the bench that game and score 41. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah, a 109, 106 overtime game or something. And everyone just sits on the perimeter. They just launch threes and they just make every single one. Everyone goes yeah. in. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously, that's the craziest one. Um, other bets I like in the first round would be, um, I think San Diego State over Creighton. I'm going to take them on the money line. Matt Bradley. When he's rolling, he is unstoppable. Absolutely rolling. Creighton's probably due for a letdown after the Big East run that they let, went on. I love Creighton. Um, I love Greg McDermott. I love what they did with the team. But it's just it's a letdown spot. I feel like um, Colgate plus seven and a half versus uh, Wisconsin too. Yes. If Johnny Davis is even shoot. like a little bit injured too, Colgate could win this outright. What? What I really want is an Iowa South Dakota State second round matchup. That sounds like a lot of fun. I was kind of turned into like a, I feel like a, a sexier sleeper pick to make the fun, like beat yeah, Kansas, I, make the final four. I kind of like, I think Iowa is a, a potential team to come out of this region. I think they, if they beat Kansas in the Sweet 16, I think they, sh- they sh- should be the favorite. Yeah. I mean, the bottom half of this bracket is, I mean, LSU, Iowa State, Wisconsin, Colgate. One of those four teams has to make the Sweet 16. Um, Auburn is amazing uh, at times. Uh, they kind of floundered down the stretch. And the Iowa offense right now, they're just rolling. They're so good. Keegan Murray's playing like the best player in college ball. I've, in all of my brackets, I have Iowa coming out of this region. But like we talked about earlier, the three-to-one price tag is – way too low okay so let me ask you i guess that that kind of answers it too how much stock do you put into um how hot a team is coming in like recent form coming into the tournament um in terms of going on runs i mean i'd always rather back the team that's won eight of nine instead of lost three of five right 100 percent. i also think that a lot of it's just sometimes it's just the eye test, you know. Uh, and when you watch Iowa play, they're in sync, you know. They're the points come easy because they pass the ball so well. 
They run every offset, offensive set well. Um, they take care of the ball. And the defense has been trending up all year. So when I can kind of put those two things together, you know what I mean? Like a team's won eight of nine, and also I watch them and I can see why they've won eight of nine. That's beautiful. But when you get a team like Auburn, remember when Auburn went on that stretch where they beat, what was it, like Mizzou by one? Um, yeah. Like three other bad teams by one. That's when I would start to look at regression or start to look at the other side of a matchup. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Auburn, their shot selection, especially from their guards at times, is very suspect. Um, I don't know. I mean, you you got to have good guard play in March, obviously, but like even Jabari takes some questionable shots at times. So I just, they kind of scare me down there at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, they're also still young. They're actually, the in terms of the average years of experience, they're outside the top 300. So they make a lot of young team mistakes, but yeah. if you've ever seen Wendell green and Katie Johnson, when they're cooking, when they're on, when they're making all their shots, this team is impossible to stop, but I agree. You know, it's, can you put it together for six games in March? Yeah. And they got the twin towers down low. I mean, what are they, what is Walker and Jabari block combined? Probably about nine shots a game combined <laughs> close to that. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, Walker is um, first nationally in block rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's amazing to watch, too. He's good on the offensive end, too. He actually runs the floor really well. Yeah, um, he really is fun to watch. Yeah, and look, the, the, um, the Tigers are balanced, right? They have a really balanced roster across the entire place. They have an alpha leading them in Jabari. They have solid guards. Um, Flanagan's a good wing, and then they got a rim protector in Walker. But like you said, they're a young team take questionable shots. Can you put it together for six games? And I probably will stay away from every single Auburn betting line. Um, I don't want to mess with that. Not against USC or LSU or Wisconsin or Iowa. How are you handicapping uh, LSU with the no will Wade? Are you, how much do you take that into account? I mean, I, have been a non-believer in LSU since their 15 and one start. They've always been, they were, they had lady luck on their side. They are sub three thirty in opponent three point rate allowed, but throughout that 15 and one start, those opponents were hitting at a 24% clip. That's it's unsustainable. And then in conference play, it jumped up to 30% and the losses kept rolling and rolling. I just, I don't believe in, I didn't believe in LSU with Will Wade. I don't believe in them without Will Wade. Um, The, you know, the whole offense runs through Tari Eason and Darius Days. And those guys are really good. And they just downhill drive on opponents. But when you look at the metrics, it's one of the least efficient offenses in the SEC or even in the entire, in all of the power conferences. It just has not been working. And they're lucky because they get to play Iowa state in the first round and then probably Wisconsin or Colgate in the second, but this is going to be the worst sweet 16 team of all time. <laughs> Unless Iowa state somehow makes the sweet 16 then Iowa state becomes the worst. Sweet Anyone 16. who comes out of that four, except for Colgate. <laughs> Colgate. That'd be awesome. I'm cheering for Colgate. Hey, Oh, for sure. Do you have any real quick? Cause we're talking about Auburn. I have them at 40 to one. I got them in like January to win it all. Do you have any futures we should cheer for? 
I I took out a pretty big chunk on Baylor before the season, um, like a couple twenty to one tickets, and I think I rebought it twenty to one. I'm not confident in those tickets, um, and unfortunately, um, this was one of my lesser finer moments. Um, I did take out Michigan ten to one preseason, and you I never got know. cooked immediately. Um, so Matt, it would be funny to win on a ten to one Michigan ticket. That would be like, I, like, like they a, come in as an eleven seed. And... For your sake, that doesn't happen because that would be disgusting. <laughs> I have already bet Colorado State plus two and a half and Colorado State money line. I am not buying Michigan at all in the tournament. That's by the way, wrong team favorite in that game. The Rams are the better team, yes. the better metrics, and the better offense. And Dave Roddy is going to go for thirty against Michigan. So. Yeah, I mean, if Baylor made a run to the championship, that'd be great. I think Kentucky probably takes them down in the Elite Eight, though. So give us your, your final four and then your eventual national champion, then real quick. Okay. Um, other than Vermont, right? Yes. Right. The non-biased. <laughs> the non-biased. I mean, if you, hey, if you want Vermont in the final four, yeah, we I'm all say, for yeah. that. Um, I would go – I'm going to go Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, and Iowa. And I think Gonzaga over Arizona for the national championship. I'm with you on three of those four. I think I had someone else coming out of the South. I had Kansas in the Midwest, but those are my, I, I hate picking like all these chalk, like my final fours, three, that's what, why three, I, one seeds and two. It hurts to do that, but at the same time, like, and that's why I try and get too creative problematic for me to find value in the futures market because I, I like the chalk, you know, I like yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. I like Gonzaga. Um, I like Arizona and I was really the only kind of lower seed I, would want to bet and to make a big run, but now their odds have completely been bet down to the it's point crazy. where I can't even bet it anymore. So I'm probably just going to handicap game to game and enjoy it other side, outside of that. Yep. I'm with you too. I've got a Texas tech ticket that I feel is appropriately valued. And what's the number? Not 30. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I mean, they have a good, they have a good draw, you know. Yeah. Alabama, Rutgers, and Notre Dame. No, they got to go through my UConn Huskies, who's my other honorary team. Or Vermont. Yeah. Hey, I'm pulling for Vermont. Vermont. I am. That's that's who I want to win that. Yeah, race. I'm no, no, no. so I curious about, about that Vermont UConn second round matchup. I'm. I'm all. I'm. I. I love to bet against Arkansas. So I'd love to see Arkansas. You don't have to twist my arm here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I <laughs> as soon as I saw them get Arkansas um, on Selection Sunday, I just I've been on a Twitter storm. Cats by ten, hate, cats I, by twenty. I, One of my coworkers went to Arkansas and is a big Arkansas fan, and I yeah, wait, I, I know Colin. Yeah, Colin. And you know I, he he lives he lives in Tulsa too. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've just been I've been sending him like at least this one Slack a day. Just like I bet you're so worried right now. <laughs> See, I just I cheer so hard. I cheer so hard in March against any team that competes with my team for recruits because I know that like how marketable it is to make an elite eight run for Arkansas. Like Musselman doesn't need help recruiting; he's already cool enough. But he can point and be like, "Those guys were sitting on the couch watching us go to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys blow them out. I also I saw um, I saw a tweet recently which. Oh yeah, here it is. 
Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman throws shade at NCAA placement. You know, it's interesting. We play in Buffalo. Vermont's a seven-hour drive or whatever. So it's kind of like a road game for us against Vermont, quite frankly. And I just retweeted it. I go, oh, no, Muss is very, very worried. He's already throwing (laughs) out the free game. He's already getting the excuses. He is watching film of Ben Shungu and Ryan Davis pick and rolls and is just crying himself to sleep at night. I am so excited for this game on Thursday night. I'm so excited. I had no, I'm fired up now too. Count me in. Cats by 20. Cats by 20. Let's go. (laughs) 